Tom, Diddy Dom, Diddy Dom, Ross Parry. Hi, Matt. How you doing? Not Long bad. Time no speak. <laughs> it has been a while. Shouldn't have left you without a dope podcast to step to. See, I think I've done like all of my Tomisms and like we haven't uh-huh. done a podcast in a while isms. Yeah. We do this a lot recently. We're pretty uh, frequent. <laughs> the thing is, we do come back and we do do one. <laughs> we do do one. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I had do, the same do, do thing one. when I did a biographic the other week. Mm. Um, this week, in fact. Uh, someone said, like, oh, I thought this channel was done. And I was like, well, we would have told you if it's done. But it isn't. So here we are. Yeah, yeah. Matt's the kind of guy who'll tell you if he's going to stop uh, doing his uh, thing. So exactly. It's, yeah. This is what it is. Anyway, let's crack on with it. It's Tom Matt Attack. That's great. You know, we're we're a podcast that gets to the point. You know, I've listened to some which go around the houses a bit. You know, we yeah. do have our introduction, but then we know when to stop talking and to talk about video games. Exactly. We like to, you know, get to it. <laughs> we know we know something about the crunch, Tom Parry. Yeah, absolutely. We do. This other podcast, they know nothing of the crunch. Sorry, I don't know why Mighty Boosh is in my head. You all right? I, I'm, 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 I'm well, thank you. Yeah, I've been playing a few things. Also getting back into collecting a little bit, uh, but then really, I've been pulling away from it just recently because, you know, uh, I'll talk about that a little bit yeah, on, on sure. the podcast. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've played bits and pieces so i've got a fair few things to talk about not in any real depth but i can tell you what i've been playing and maybe make some recommendations how about yourself matthew um i've been kind of doing the same to be honest it's been a despite being on vacation for the last two weeks it's actually been quite busy because i've been doing stuff which hasn't really freed up much time for like recreational gaming Mm. um i don't know how people do it to be fair i don't know how people play as many video games as they seem to you know but perhaps it's more their job perhaps well you know, no they I, their living around it. no i i so as someone who played a lot of video games who then this year transitioned to someone who reads a lot of books i know how you play a lot of video games tom parry it's at the expense of everything else you can't you cannot like keep on top of the cultural zeitgeist with absolutely everything because there's just too much stuff out there to do Mm. And if you want to play a lot of games, you have to make playing video games your hobby. Mm. Um, the the obvious thing that's always seemed insane to me is I was having a conversation with someone yesterday um, about like Smash Brothers, and they were saying like, "Oh God, I used to be good at Smash Brothers and just playing my brother-in-law, and he's beaten me." Ah, I was I I've just come to the understanding that i will never be absolutely amazing at one game unless i'm constantly playing it because that's just not the way i enjoy playing games i did it a little bit with Fortnite. i i dipped my toe in and was like oh i could be quite good at this i think if i play it a lot mm-hmm. but i don't i i like variety like it's nice to have something that you can go back to and play when you feel like it but I feel a lot of those games that are kind of skill based are such a treadmill that you need to keep playing them. You know, I, yeah. I I would like the equivalent of like Scrabble. 
you know, something that's a game that you can kind of turn back to that you're not really going to get better or worse at. Yeah, but you can yeah. Just kind I know of you mean. play again and again. I guess for some yeah. people that's Tetris. I guess for some people that is other games like Call of Duty because they've played it so much. But I don't know. Yeah, te- even Tetris. So I think if you haven't played it for a little while, you might be a little bit rusty. Yeah. It's, I think it's it can be applied to, to anything really. Um, yeah, I have my bad days in Soul Calibur, and I've been playing that every week constantly for most of my adult life. So. This is true. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely all the time I've known you, at least. So yeah. Anyways, um, what have you been playing like new that we should talk about on oh, this new. podcast? Okay, new, new, new. Um, let's, I got Kalnoa, uh, yeah. the uh, what's it called, Fantasy Reverie. Series, yeah, I can yeah. see that because I also got a copy of it. Look, I'm oh, you, leaving it at you right now. I also got it on PS5 as well. Yeah, I got it on PS5 actually. Your recommendation, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's after playing the demo of the Switch version. Uh, in comparison to the demo of the uh version I played on the PS5, it just felt a lot nicer to play. Yeah. Uh, the, the frame rate was better, I think that's just what it is. One was probably running at 30, whereas the other at 60, and and with a, with a game like that, I, I did notice it. However, when I played the original Clover, I must have played it at thirty. Yeah. Uh, unless it was optimized for PAL, I, I don't know. Anyway, it, I noticed it, so I thought, well, I'll get I'll get the because uh, initially I thought I'll get it on Switch as well, but PS Five made the most sense to me. My PS Four hard drives are full. <laughs> yeah. It was the same price on PS Five as PS Four. Um. Yeah. Just get it on PS Five. I thought. Yeah, well, I was in I was in Germany um, because we don't really have any specialty games retailers here in Denmark anymore, and I it was the day it came out. I was like, oh yeah, shit, Clonoa's out today, and I saw it on Switch. I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'll grab this on Switch. This feels like a good Switch game. And then I saw the PS4 and PS5 copies, and I was like, well, maybe I should get it on PS5. Maybe it'll be a bit nicer. It does, does seem it... like an odd fit, doesn't it? Yeah. Doesn't seem like the the game to get for PS5. But it plays better. So yeah, and like yeah. one once I'd actually seen even I looked on like Metacritic because that is my usual go-to of like going to Metacritic.com and seeing okay how many people have reviewed this is there a preference in the versions and there weren't many reviews for Switch, which kind of made me feel that even maybe Bandai Namco wasn't that you know behind well, the Switch it, release and therefore I just favoured giving people PS5 codes and I was like, oh. I, I'm basing all this on the demo I don't know if the, the full version of the game plays better than the demo did yeah that that I don't know because like yourself you know there weren't many reviews around there ahead of buying the game so the safest bet for me was to get the PS5 version yeah so like how much have you played of it like how oh yeah the first few levels uh, it's a very pick up and play game it's not hard to get into not hard to uh, learn uh and yeah i i played it a good few hours i wouldn't say i haven't finished either of the games yet yeah i've really only been playing the first one uh but yeah very much enjoying my time with it so far i also went back and played uh, the first level of the uh, ps1 original to sort of uh, compare yeah, good. I was going to ask how... Because, I mean, the back of the box says two games remastered in one collection for fans, mm. new and old. How much of a remaster is it? Cause I well, think... yeah. I mean, if you compare it to the PS1 version, it's it's quite the remaster. But it, it's... Uh, what would you say? It treats the subject matter with respect. The, the original version 
It, it doesn't reinvent it at all. And in fact, the character model of Klonoa is closer to the PS1 character model, well, pixels that were in yeah. the PS1 version, than, than perhaps the Wii remake. Uh, I feel he was aged up a lot on the Wii to maybe look more like how he does in Klonoa 2. Yeah, Where sense. he's a bit more smaller and cuter in this remake like he was in the original game. Mm-hmm. Um Everything done very well. I, I can't really... I haven't got really anything to complain about. Because, you know, it's not going to be exactly the same as the original. No. Know, uh, in terms of maybe some of the art direction. It's, it's slightly different, you know? Uh, but it, not in a way that it feels jarring. It's not perhaps... It's not like a Master Chief Collection, where yeah. the levels looked entirely different, pretty much, if you were <laughs> to yeah. on the... Uh, the uh, the remastered graphics. Is it so, fair to say then that it's kind of like the Wind Waker remaster for the Wii U in that you look at it and you you understand like it looks like Klonoa probably does in your memories. Is it mm. that good? It's or? more well, well I, from my recollection, it wasn't the Wind Waker bloody hell the Wind, the Wind Waker. Waker remaster very similar to the GameCube version? No. If you honestly if you go back, if you it is is the same game, just like neatened up and they've removed some of the grindy bullshit, but like For, it looks so much better. Like go back well, and look at the GameCube version compared to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it looks uh, a lot better on the uh, on the new on this new remaster it did on the PS One. Yeah, but there, I guess there's a charm to the PS One version. It doesn't it doesn't look ugly. It just sort of that's how games looked then. Yeah, and Kanoa was quite a unique game at the time. You know, having a two D character in a three D yeah, space. I remember. Uh, I mean, isn't Tomba the same? Uh, if, I'm, yes, if I'm thinking back to some Tomba of those games, uh, it was the PS One platformer, two uh, D, three D platformer era. Uh, I, I've got no complaints about this remaster. I think it plays great, looks great, and yeah, it's reasonable for what you get. You get two full games. I guess they're not the longest games ever made. Yeah. Uh, but if you're a fan of Klonoa and you, you've played these games before and enjoyed them, this is a nice upgrade and uh, definitely comes recommended. I I really like Klonoa, which is why as soon as I saw that this was out, I was like, well, I'm I'm definitely going to pick it up. It's uh, the, the style of gameplay still feels unique now. The picking up objects and bouncing off them. Yeah. Enemies, sorry, picking up enemies and bouncing off them is is... Yeah, it is Klonoa, and it is a unique proposition within video games. I mean, there are other platforms where you pick stuff up and and throw them, but there's a flow, there's a certain flow to Klonoa, and I think that's down to some really clever level design. Yeah. Um, not overly complicated, but uh, quite well thought out, the way you move in a 3D space uh, in a sort of on a 2D plane. Yeah, uh, it's a lot to appreciate in in its game design, and the music's great as well. The whole atmosphere has a certain atmosphere, doesn't it, Klonoa? Yeah. And so, great to see it return. I think I look forward to playing it. Like you just reminded me that it is pretty short, so maybe I'll even dig out my PS One mm. copy and the Wii copy and give those a play and see. Do you have it physically there. on PS One? I do indeed. Yeah. Um, mm. Weirdly, I have both the actual release of Klonoa and for some reason I managed to get like a review copy of Klonoa in a flea market here ages and ages mm. ago. It's quite a collectible game nowadays, isn't it? On the it is second hand market. I, to be fair, I I haven't really 
checked how much Klonoa goes for these yeah. days. I've got it on the as a PlayStation One digital download for the yeah. PS3. Oh Jesus that, Christ! Yeah, I did not know it was worth that much money. How much, Matt? Well, there's two listings on eBay at the moment. Um, no, these aren't finished listings, are they? Though? No, these sold are by listings. these are by now. I'm gonna just check the sold listings because there's someone trying to sell the game without a manual for 150 quid. And then someone trying to sell a boxed copy complete for about three hundred, and I don't believe that for a second. That seems insane. That seems that seems a little bit a little bit much to me as well. Someone sold uh, one for a hundred. I've yeah, also okay. seen a bite now one sell with the point blank demo for two hundred and sixteen. Seems to be about the hundred pound range. I really yeah. really regret not buying the beach volleyball game because I saw that. Yes, in... that that can be quite cheap. Yeah. Uh, it used to be um, back in the day, like the original Kanoa, I think back when I was working at Game, when I bought the majority of my PS1 games, I, I don't think Kanoa was out of reach. I think it was a game, you, you, maybe it was a little bit more than some others, but it's definitely affordable, maybe around a £30 mark or something like that for a second-hand copy. Jesus Christ. This is going back de- uh, maybe a decade now. but Man, what happened to video games? Tomba's selling for 200 quid now. <laughs> Yeah, I well, mean, Tomba's never it, been a particularly cheap game, but no. still, it was great though when these games re-released on PS3 as downloads, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Because even at that time, the prices were, 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 as I said, creeping up there, and it's far more affordable to play them like that. And I don't think they're a downgrade in any way. Those digital PS3 games, versions of PS1 games, were absolutely fine. Yeah. Because I, I, I do have a uh, a copy of Chrono One for the PS1. You know. Uh, should I should I say it? But I do. I happened to buy uh, a PS One, uh, which came with a couple of discs. Uh, what were they? They were Klonoa and um, Symphony of the Night. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So so a couple of nice expensive titles uh, burnt what? on on disc. Ah, yeah. I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. For for a chipped PS One. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, like Silent Hill games are starting to go up now on PS. Oh, I know so that. Is, to me. Why not? But Silent Hill One costs money as well. Silent nowadays. Hill One is insane. What this nowadays. is? This is madness because I think I I saw the same post and I can't remember if I posted on it or not. But I do remember thinking, uh, "Hang on, I got Silent Hill not that long ago for around thirty quid." Yeah, me too. Maybe slightly less, and I because I didn't have it for the longest time, and then. I felt like, oh no, I, I shall, I shall get that and play it on the PS One. I sold um, a copy because I found a spare one to someone for like twenty quid. Yeah, like it wasn't that much nay a year ago. I guess yeah. COVID's just done funny things to game prices. Well, let's talk about PS One game prices now because I mentioned I've been collecting. I picked up a few PS One games recently. Ooh, la, la. Uh, the original Ridge Racer cost me about ten pounds. Can you what? believe that? Yeah. Yeah, Ridge Racer. Just Ridge Racer. Like, not um, even, That like... was the best price I could find. Not Revolutions, not Rage Racer. No, just Ridge Racer. Oh, okay. Was it in, like, the the fancy, like, double clamshell thing? No, it's Platinum. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I had a good look as well, what was available, and that seemed to be the most reasonable price. £10 delivered about, yeah. That's nuts. I mean, yeah. to be fair... If you, it's not if, terrible. No, I mean, if you want it, Ridge Racer, you might willing to pay ten pounds for it. But I mean, it, it's not really that. It's not worth getting if you've game, got if you've like, got Revolution. I mean, it's not really worth getting, even if you've got the 
um, Type Four, which comes with the demo. Yeah. Well, it does it. It does it. It comes with Ridge Racer, basically in sixty hertz. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but uh, it was one for the collection. That's fair. You know. I I don't own a copy of the original Ridge Racer. Um, yeah, yeah. Even when I got my PS, because it was already out of date very quickly on the PS One's life. Yeah. Well, this is yeah, the thing, it, yeah. right? Like this is Why the would insane <laughs> thing about early day PS One. Is that I just by the time I got my PS One for Christmas, and I think it came out in the summer. Ridge Racer had been replaced by Ridge Racer Revolutions. <laughs> and, like, yeah. some of those early games... I was just thinking about it now. Like, Tomba is a good example of this for me. Is that mm. it's on Demo 1, or must mm. be on, like, a... It must be on Demo 1, because, like, everyone I know and their mum had a demo of Tomba that we always used to play, but I never actually saw the physical game anywhere. Mm. So I think, like, even by the time I got my PS1... Street Fighter Alpha 2 had just come out, which means Street Fighter Alpha had come out very early. Same with Resident Evil and Director's Cut, I think. It feels like in my head. Oh, great uh, segue there. Because I bought Resident Evil, the original, on PS1 as well. Um, Not the Director's Cut, (laughs) believe it or not. Just the original. Um, Because, again, I looked at my PS1 collection. I've got two and I've got three. Why don't I have Resident Evil 1? And then I think about it again and thought, oh, yeah, I downloaded it on PS3. Yeah, uh, but that was a director's cut, which I now have um, on PS5 in this weird turn of events where Sony are now giving you these games for free if you previously bought them yeah. as they release the PS1 classics, and it's that's great. You know, thumbs up to Sony for for that because they didn't have to do that. Because I don't think director's cut is available to buy um, on its own. It's available as part of the PlayStation Plus premium subscription. Yeah. However, if you do own it on PS3. You can download it on PS5. I don't know what version of Resident Evil I think I have. I I, I think I have the original. I've got the value series version of the original. The Virgin White Label value series. um, Which is essentially the same as the regular release. It's not platinum. Um, Yeah, I was happy to add that to collection. Do you want to know how much that cost me? How much is, it, did, is this interesting? How much did that cost you? <laughs> Let me just uh, look it up for you. Uh, I also bought a Need for Speed game uh, as well, uh, which I shall uh, tell you exactly the name of in, in one moment. As soon as my phone started uh, cooperating with me. Uh, Ridge Racer, actually Ridge Racer was eight ninety nine free okay. postage. So, so that, not as that's bad. That's not too bad. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil, £15. I mean, me. that isn't as bad as I was expecting. For some reason, the the director's cut seems to be the expensive version of that yeah. game. Yeah, I don't even know all the differences between the two. I imagine director's cut is better, but oh god, I used to know this stuff. It's been too long. Like, from what I remember, there's items are in different places. Um, the the health stuff is a bit more easy to manage. Okay, I think you fine. have more storage in your inventory. I think that Jill isn't as like handicapped as she is in the original version of the game because she can carry less items, I think, in the mm. original version. I, I feel with Resident Evil, um, the first time you play it, you're lost. If you don't, you know, it is oh, quite... 100%. Uh, it's yeah, ridiculous. it is like, what on earth am I meant to be doing here? But as you learn it and you go back, to, like I went back to it, I ha- already knowing how to how to play the yeah. game. Because you really do have to know how to play the game to get anywhere, don't you? Yeah. 
because uh, you will die over and over again. Yeah, it, the weird thing about Resident Evil is it's more of a puzzle game than survival horror. Mm. Yes, you can you can horribly die in that game in like quite grotesque ways. You can get crushed, you can get mauled by dogs, you can get pecked to death by crows, whatever. Yeah. Like, yes, there is horror aspects to it, but it is mainly about like resource management and going, right, I need to go from here to here, I need to solve this puzzle, I need to do this in this order. Yeah. In a, in a way that is kind of interesting, and the, the series kind of abandons, I feel, after that first game. Like, Resident Evil 2 feels more like in the vein of what I think of as a survival horror game mm. than the first one. Mm. Yeah. But I think it's very satisfying once you know what you're doing on Resident Evil 1. It is quite a nice game to play. Yeah. It's quite an enjoyable game. It's just uh, you've got to work through the frustrations of uh, playing it for the first time. I might even recommend having a guide at hand if you want. So. If you don't want to get too frustrated by it and end up not returning to it. I Jesus think, Christ. Uh, like the first time yeah. I got crushed in that room because I took the shotgun and not realizing yeah. I should have the rusty shotgun, I nearly threw a controller because it was so hard yeah. to get to that room in the first place without dying. And then yeah. I died. So uh, that's another one. Here we go. Here's another question for you. How do you, much do you think uh, Rayman is platinum? 20 quid. Original. 20 quid? O- original. No, 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 no. Matthew, you're, you're off. You're off there. It's £8. I got it for £8. Okay. Original Rayman. That's all right. On PS1. Yeah. Didn't have that either. You know, I have it on PC, I think, and again on PS3 download. But I thought, you know, I want to add that to the collection. So I, there I was. I weirdly I have... Rayman in several iterations. I have the original Black Label one that I owned as a child because it was one of the, it was one of the games I got with my PS One. I got yeah. Tekken and that, and then I bought Mega Man X Five and Street Fighter Alpha Two for my birthday, which is yeah. like just after Christmas. Um, so I have that. I have a platinum version of it, and I also picked up some like PS Two Rayman collection. And just the PS1 yeah, yes, disc one. is inside it. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be, but it was. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I've got the PC version of it as well, of original Rayman. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good game. How, how do you feel about the original Rayman? I Matt? love the original Rayman. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it gets quite hard at some point, mm. but I, I have nothing but love for that It game. is a classic 2D platformer. You know what might be interesting to see that remade. Uh, I know the flow of it is totally different from Rayman Origins, which is more sort of momentum based, isn't it? It's yeah. faster, whereas Rayman One is not like that at all. But to see the game reimagined, maybe in that, that style, cool. that would be an interesting project remake project. I would like a remaster uh, of Rayman. I think that would be good because it is a good game. So you might yeah, hundred well, percent. Uh... I just I think it's got a lot of charm as well. There's mm. not a lot of like actual storytelling that goes on in that game, but I, I there's think a bit. It's great. There's, but yeah, yeah. Um, Need for Speed Road Challenge. You ever heard of this? No. It's known as Need for Speed High Stakes in America, and it is the second to last Need for Speed game released on PS One, or is it the last one? I can't remember. Anyway. It's worth looking at in terms of its visuals. Uh, also, it plays well, you know, which helps. <laughs> but it's it's an astoundingly good-looking PS1 game. Yeah. And, yeah, check, check it out if, if you can. It's a high recommendation from me. It's very playable and looks great. Maybe it, it doesn't run as fast as some, you know, games. It, I think that's probably because it looks so good. 
yeah. that the the uh, maybe the frame rate takes a hit because of that, but it's still very playable. Uh, that is a little bit more expensive. Platinum version cost me sixteen pounds. Ooh, I actually yeah. saw this a couple of weeks ago. I, oh, I right. Had, I had assumed that you had. It's this. a good racing game. It really is. Um, and I only found out about it relatively recently. I wasn't aware of this game prior to a couple of weeks ago. Interesting. No, I saw yeah. this in the first Need for Speed um, in a second-hand shop, and I looked at it and was like, oh, Need for Speed. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not into so, racing yeah. games, are you? If it was an RPG, you might think different. Exactly, and like to be honest with you, I'd kind of assumed you'd already own it, because I know that you love Ridge Racer so much, and you yeah. played all most of the Need for Speed games. I would just assume it would be something you owned. Yeah, no, I... I that one passed me by. Uh, also picked up Siphon Filter 2. What an interesting game that is. God, I haven't, I haven't played Siphon Filter, weirdly <laughs> enough. It's one of those PS1 games that passed me yeah. by. No, it, me too. And I played the original on the PS1 classic mini console. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was all right. You know, I think the second one does what sequels should do and develop the game, improve on them a little bit. You, you're in a more open wilderness area at the start of uh, Siphon Filter 2. Yeah, graphics are nice. Uh, controls well, and uh, it obviously it's it is a bit jarring to go back to a third person action game of that era. Yeah, uh, I can imagine. <laughs> but there's a nice freedom of movement to it. You've got analog control, so it it's a step up from say Tomb Raider at this at this point. And I think at that at that point, Siphon Filter was a very good example of uh, a third person action game. Yeah. Um, that had progressed and evolved from, you know, Tomb Raider. Yeah, hundred percent. I like other games like that. I I know people who love that game and speak of it very fondly. I believe it hasn't, as you say, aged very well. But I, at the time, I do remember people talking a lot of praise about Siphon Filter. I think the fact that the first area is uh, it's just really an open square area at first before yeah. you climb over something. But then you sort of go through little tunnels and such, and it feels very uh, open. And uh, but then again, you could apply the same thing to Tomb Raider, uh, the big areas, you know. But I don't think there's really that much loading. Uh, the 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 big area, the way yeah. the way it's drawn into the game, I don't think it has to load too much. So that's quite nice. Um, but that was eight pounds, and that was interesting because that was a demo, uh, not a demo, but a rental version of the game. Ah, okay. Have you seen these in the plastic Thick cases? Uh, yeah, the yeah. plastic cases, uh, the black plastic cases. You don't get a manual, or you might—I don't think you get a manual normally. You, um, it depends on the rental place, honestly. Yeah, my experience. this didn't come with a manual, but two discs, eight pounds, four pounds a disc, no manual, but. It's, yeah. it's all right. It's all good. Uh, my copy of Tiny Tanks also a uh, X rental yeah, copy. Okay. So I've got a couple of X rental PS1 games. I don't have any X rental PS1 games. Weirdly enough, it's, mm. I don't know. It's something about the form factor of that case, and also I, I... it's smaller. It's tight. It's smaller than a regular. Yeah. PS1 I also most of them I tend to see. Not that I, I see much PS1 these days. They also tend to be really battered. It seems to be like a soft plastic shell that doesn't really hold. Oh well yeah, yeah. Test yeah. time so. Yeah. Then again, saying that, neither does the brittle plastic of PS1 games, but... No, no. Brittle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll, I'll quickly finish up with Burnout 1 on PS2. Have yeah. a guess how much that costs. Burnout 1, PS2. Can't imagine that costs a lot. Fiver. 
£2.60 delivered. Okay, fair enough. I, I imagine if you walk into CX on the high street, you probably get it for 50p. But the convenience of... <laughs> I don't know about that anymore, Tom. I don't know. I think Burnout 1 is not a collectible game in any sense of the word. I... Hey, you say that, but I, I don't... I don't agree because, like Silent Hill Two, I've passed up on so many copies of Silent Hill Two, and that game now sells for fifty quid. It, it, racing games are different. Although saying that, Need for Speed cost me sixteen. So exactly, I guess, you know. But in terms of things like Silent Hill, which is a franchise like that, I mean, Burnout's a franchise, but I don't think people get nostalgic for old Burnout games. Maybe they do because everyone loves Burnout Three, don't they? Yeah. Uh, Takedown. Anyway, uh, the last game I can talk about here in this sort of PS1, PS2 uh, section is Disney Pixar Cars Mater National Championship, which I picked up for Xbox 360. Okay. I think I have that on the Game Boy Advance. Okay, it's pretty good. Uh, it's solid. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you like racing games, um, then it's 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 pretty nice. It's got an open world sort of hub area where you go like in a burnout kind of paradise way, uh, select races by stopping at certain points and, uh, you know, uh, selecting the race you want to play. It it plays well. It's quite fun. There you go. So. I, I haven't tried the Game Boy Advance one. I just, every now and again, I was just seeing that there were two Cars games and I was kind of weirded out mm. by it. I think I have it boxed, actually, which, looking mm. at eBay, seems to be quite the rarity, which is very interesting. Very nice. Well, before I've got a couple more, but we'll, seeing that I've... Yeah, I even talked about PS, Xbox 360 there. I want to hear what you've been playing, Matthew. Well, I mean, I've been playing a couple of bits. I can I can talk about my, my flea market failures in a little yes. while, because we kind of talked about collecting a lot. Um, I beat uh, Citizen Sleeper. Um, they've just released some DLC from that game, so I'm sure I'm going to jump back in this week and play through some of that. But Lovely. Citizen Sleeper is hands down one of the best games I've played in ages. I love that game. I think. It... And if you want to hear more about it, and listen to our last episode where Matt went into great depth. About yeah, it, I did, and I'm not game. going to this week. But I honestly, I think Citizen Sleeper is one of the best. Like, dare I say, cyberpunk games I have ever played. I think the story is very interesting. Yeah. I think what it has to say about humanity and AI and robots and everything else. And just say briefly what t- type of game it is. So if people are interested, they can go back and listen. That's fair. And if people um, like me, you'll go, maybe it's not for me. No, te- <laughs> text-based resource management game, I guess, is kind of the best way I can describe it. There you go. Um, if you got, like the sound of that, listen to our previous episode. It's got a lot of heart. A it's a visual novel with some bits in between. I think it's a really great game. I think it would make a, a very good... Like I think I could see them spinning something off from this world because I think it's very cool and I think like a film, not necessarily Uh, a film story. I I I would say maybe a graphic novel or a TV series. I mean, I could see a short anime or something from Uh, this. I don't think that would ever happen, but I I rate Citizen Sleeper a lot. I think if you enjoy like cyberpunk fiction, check out Citizen Sleeper. I think it's got some cool things to say. Can get that on what? platforms Matthew. you can get that on the switch and pc i believe are the only yeah. two platforms it's available on but go check it out it's really cool um i played a lot more neon white as well which is first person card based puzzle platforming hmm. um i can only say that as i've played more of that game i really really dislike the story 
But uh-huh. much like most games, Tom Parry, that have a a time attack slash speed runny element, if you can rope a friend into playing it, which I did, and then you're competing together on times, it adds an yeah. extra level of enjoyment to that game. I think mm-hmm. both of those games, both on Switch, both very good Switch games. Um, if you're looking for someone to play, play them. Um, I really wish I could say I've played um, Live Alive as well, but unfortunately I can't buy it at the moment because of credit card issues. Yay! Oh dear. Um, um, yeah. That must be painful for you. It is. It sucks. <laughs> uh, fortunately, though, before I had credit cards... There's a demo, isn't there? Um, yeah, but I want to. I just want to play the game. Like you can, you can play the demo as and then continue your progress. Oh, really? That I yes, yes. Know. So you can basically just start playing the game now if you want to. Oh, you know, I'm going to go do that then. I I've, <laughs> I've, I remember play. I've played a little bit of it in a, on a fan translated ROM years yeah. and years and years and years and years ago. Um, but I can't remember anything about it. I remember it being all right. I remember it being quite cool and quite unique and the art style. I think really actually. The idea of it appeals in a way that each character's story is relatively short, so you can yeah. actually enjoy something as a whole. Yes. So if you in a relatively short space of time, which I, I feel that maybe more uh, role playing games should consider this, you know, because if you want to see a story through from beginning to end in a role playing game, yeah. you're usually going to have to sink many many hours. Yeah. In, into the game. But if you enjoy a shorter story in maybe the space of like two hours, for example, yeah. I think that's that's really quite appealing th- to someone I, who isn't really into RPGs. I think it's really cool because like usually when you experience that stuff, like the saga games have always done that. You've always had a choose a character and see their small vignette story. But usually in saga in particular, those games tend to be interlaced. So, like, you'll mm. play a little bit of one character, then play a little bit of another character, then play a little bit yeah. of another character. Also, not triangle strategy, but... um, oh, What the hell? The Square Enix games on the Switch have such weird names. Radiant... It's not Radiant Historia, is it? That's a PS1 RPG. Um, Square, I know the title. <laughs> Square Enix Switch. There was a recent game before triangle strategy... No, Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler, thank you very much. God, Square Enix needs better names. Um, Octopath Traveler had that, where you would play as different people and essentially you were playing as them to learn their backstory to then meet up with the the main Mm. party and depending on which order you played those in, you would get different stories and see different bits of those vignettes. And the art style of that is similar to how they've approached the remake of Live Alive, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think everything they're doing now is in that engine, that Mm. previously default E slash pixely 2.5D thing that they're doing. But yeah, I I really want to play Live Alive. I've I've viewed nothing but praise for it as a port and people comparing this to Chrono Cross and saying that Square Enix should have given Chrono Cross the same treatment, yada 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 mm. but I'm going to play it, I'm looking forward to playing it, it's going to be good um, mm. what I have played though Tom Parry fortunately as I said before my credit card issues when I was actually you know uh, down with the sickness ooh, ah, 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 uh, I pre-ordered a little device um, called Playdate ah, yes. 
Um, and despite ordering it very, very fast, as I tried to do with the analog pocket, I, I was successful and I got it in what should have been the second batch release that should have come out. Have you got it there, Matt? Christmas. I don't have it in waggling okay. distance. I will show it All to right, you, I promise, enough. afterwards. Yeah. But it is a little small thing. I can. Yeah, I wonder how small it is, really. It's about the size of a post-it note. Conveniently, oh, right, yeah. I have something of scale to hand. Um, Put that post-it note close to your face. So I can get because okay that that big right, yeah okay. exactly so I know how big your head is so yeah exactly it's from chin <laughs> to nose for those of you who know my my facial anatomy quite well, um, it it's a very small device it's very nice handheld, um, it's made by Panic who are a company who make Mac software but they essentially hired teenage engineering who make very very cool stuff to actually create the device and so it looks really sleek and really gorgeous it's very nice it's got a nice weight to it it's not too heavy it's not too light Mm. it's kind of what you need from a handheld yeah and of course the obvious thing about it is is it's a black and white screen a la the game boy on the front of it there's a d-pad um and to an a and b button but there's also a crank and the crank Mm. is what the thing that made me go, hmm, interesting. Other than obviously the the throw body winding body like a, uh, a Sega Dreamcast fishing rod is exactly the thing I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, essentially, what this crank does is allow you to have relatively unique gameplay experiences that I haven't really had. The unique thing about the Playdate is that you don't. There is a store. You can buy stuff from itch.io and you can load them on there. And Panic has also released shitloads of development software so people can theoretically make their own games for free for the Playdate mm. and then sell them, which is kind of cool. They also have a font editor, which I've dicked around with the loads, to make fonts for the system, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, they... So how would they release games is the... The Playdate itself came with uh, a season one of games. Mm-hmm. Have so, you paid for everything up front? Yeah, they came, they come yeah. with the console, uh, which I mm. think was about 200 quid or something around there. Um, but you get this console, I think it might have been 200 quid with shipping and tax, to be honest. I think it's a bit cheaper than that. I think it's about 100 and something. Okay. But it arrived, it had a, a nice little magnetic flip case on it as well, which is purple. So it's purple and yellow, which I know two colors that appeal to you at least the mm. yellow bit um and i i like purple as well i know I, yellow's my I just, favorite i know but, you don't uh, like green and purple i know you have a particular do i yeah about the color combination yeah i, I can't I feared, do I, I really i've heard you scoff at the idea of like purple and green cushions before i seem to be i remember. wouldn't have them in my home i don't think i i purple and green i imagine is right up your street depends haven't you got like a purple and green t-shirt or something I probably no. did at some point. Like I, like a I'm, lime green with it with a. Oh, I, I'm more into like teal and purple. I'm more into like that 80s flavor. Hang of Transformer. on a second. What are we talking about? That's the most uh, unit one Evangelion. That's the most appealing uh, one, and that's purple and green. I actually think unit two is more appealing than unit one. I think no. ori- orange no. and red boys. Where it's I, at. I, I would go as far as saying the reason Unit One is so appealing is that color scheme. So actually, I like purple. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I take <laughs> it back. Let it be stricken from the Tom Barry <laughs> fact record. Whoever's updated the Tom and Matt Wikipedia, don't put that fact in. Um, yeah. Tom hates purple and green together. Tom hates no, purple. It's and a green. lie. It's a lie. <laughs> Slander on the podcast. Um, 
No, so it's got this nice little case. Anyway, I digress. It Essentially what happens is on Monday of every week, you are given two new games to play. So they don't just overwhelm you by going like, yes, all of these games, enjoy them. Yeah. Which is great because I think right now we are overwhelmed. You have any subscription service, you've got more than you possibly need on that. Yes. I'm talking about music or film, whatever. Yeah, I... Yeah, it it it's very nice. It's it's actually become a like so you, yeah. mini Christmas morning on a Monday morning, especially tomorrow. I think when I'm I yeah. will be going back to Great work idea. after a holiday and going like getting up and going like, oh, what have I got to mess around with on my? So commute? you'll actually play the games you've got rather than just maybe not even playing some of them because there's just too many. There. Yeah, exactly. And to be fair, it doesn't mean that I've not looked at some of them and gone like, ah, oh, this isn't really for me, but. There, there has been enough so far. Three weeks into it, that I think the games have been quite cool. So the first week was um, White Water Wipeout by Chu High Labs, um, mm-hmm. which is a surfing game where essentially you need to turn the crank not only to go up and down the waves, but when you're in the air, you can do tricks by turning the crank certain ways, which I thought was quite cool. Is it like California Games? Or yes, it is very much yeah. like California Games. Yeah. I am not the biggest fan of it. I have to be honest. I feel it's a bit finicky, but I'm not a fan yeah. of California games. I and neither am I. <laughs> I appreciate what they're trying to do. I think yeah. it's a cool use of the crank, but I was like, ah, okay. The The first game that came with it, though, is a game called Casual Birder, which is essentially like a Pokemon clone. It's, it's actually right. really nice. Um, it You are a small kid. You get given a camera. And you are on an island and you are essentially trying to take pictures of birds with your phone camera to, like, be the best bird spotter on your island. And you're trying to, like, catch them all on film. It's really cool. It's got a lot of Mm. art. The writing in it's really Mm. nice. It feels kind of more like Earthbound meets Pokemon than I kind of expected. Are you using the crank in this? You are using the crank to adjust the focus on your camera. Ah, um, yeah. And you're using the D-pad to then aim, and so you're trying to crank to like get. That's now birds. that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is, and like a lot of the, a lot of the games do have stuff like that to them. The second hmm. week um, was probably the game you might have seen with a lot of this stuff um, called Crankin's Time Travel Adventure. I haven't right. quite figured it out yet because I played a little bit of it. And essentially, what it is, you're this little like stick man, tin man thing. Mm, and you I know the one. Yeah, yeah, you get a you get a little mail saying like you've got to be at your date at three o'clock, and yeah. you wake up at three, and then you just have to like crank like a crazy person, which brings like, perhaps one of my first complaints. For crank the like a crazy. You can need to crank like a crazy person. Um, <laughs> You you need to embrace your inner Jason Statham and just crank like you're in a crank crazy yeah. person. Um, I was cranking like mad to try and get because <laughs> it's literally you need to crank so much within one second to get to this point, which I don't think is the point of the game, and I'll explain that in a second. But I was cranking, spinning this thing as fast as I could, hmm. and I was like, this feels like this wasn't made to be spun like this, yeah. and I wonder if. While playing Crankin's time travel adventure, people have actually broken their play date or not. Because it does to look that up. Yeah, you felt like you were doing some damage. Well, I mean, I didn't feel like I was doing damage necessarily. I felt no. that if I were to accidentally like move the console in a way while I was going at that speed, that I would yeah. probably fucking break the crank. 
which yeah. is not an experience I've had with any other game. Yeah. It has to be said. I'd like, I'd like to find out, yeah, maybe if anyone's ever broken their crank. Yeah, exactly. Uh, using the uh, the crank date, the Exactly, play date, gone so whatever. hard that they've broken their crank. It, it would yeah. be terrible. Yeah, yeah, they've cranked so hard it fell off. Exactly, yeah. 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 <laughs> Nothing to be yeah. done then. Um, which is kind of cool. So, like, this game is cool, not the, the, the lack of fast cranking. But I fast crank in action. I actually, when I was trying to do this, you go on three dates, and I couldn't get, I couldn't go that fast to get to the date. I was like, "What the fuck am I doing wrong?" And then I realised while I was playing it again this morning to be like, "Have I missed something here?" You can actually crank backwards, and the clock yeah. still ticks up. But I'm like. Oh, is there some Brady weird shit going on here where I actually kind of need to like rewind time and fast forward time in order to get to yeah. these things? So I'm going to play a bit more of that and see. I think that is it is. from what I've seen on yeah. that game. Yeah, it's about uh, manipulating time in a, in a, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, but I I haven't found out how to manipulate time in the yeah. quite the right way yet, which is right. the interesting thing. But I'm like, okay, there's some cool stuff at work here that I want to dig into. So it's into. obstacles in your way, and how you crank will help you avoid obstacles. I'm not even that. that. It's it just seems no. to be based at the moment from what I've seen on these first three dates, in the. Essentially, like, how fast you move is based on the cranking speed. Mm. But again, I've also managed, like I said, a rewound time and get him to sit back down and do all these other stuff. And I'm like, hmm, mm. there's definitely something here. I'm going to dig into so it. So this is the on the play date, and it's a game where you have to get to dates. Yes, it is. Interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a game called Buggy Loops, which is less of a game and more of a music generator you have like a dancing panda a bunny a cactus and a slice of pizza at the top of the screen and then essentially it's just Great got like combination. a basic, a basic yeah. like loop sequence and you put in musical notes or ways you want them to dance based on certain things and you can actually like you put the rabbit the panda the pizza or the cactus on the timeline and then those manipulate in that way it's kind of cool i i mm. kind of liked it I, I played around with it for five minutes and it was just like mm-hmm. a little like oh this is nice and then i turned it off um i played a game called lost your marbles um which is a quite a unique game it's kind of an adventure game you are a girl who is um in a in a lab uh working for a crazy inventor and he has this thing called the marbleizer and essentially what it's supposed to do is you're supposed to put it on your head and it will tell you the correct answers to questions you're asked or like help you decide choices and what that means is in terms of gameplay is you put this thing on your head and you turn the crank at the bottom like 180 degrees to tilt the screen left or right and you're essentially guiding a marble through a maze to hit targets Mm. which are the answers to the questions Unfortunately, very early on in the game, water is spilled over the device, and so the the things that you are trying to decide are very random. So I had to one of the first tasks is you had to create a a poster to explain that your dog was missing. Oh, and so it's like, what do you want to write on the poster? And so you're in this marble maze trying to hit these things, and one of them is like, my dog is lost. Is this you? Help! And depending on which way you swing the ball and go through the maze, it breaks these things. You have to like hit these light bulbs of ideas three times in order to select that. 
So what I ended up doing was creating a a dog, like, have you seen my dog poster? That said, help, with a really closer picture of the dog, so it's just eyes. And, mm. um, shit, what else was it? And he was on, like, really old parchment, so it looked like a scroll. Um, yeah, it's just random and just really fun. Um, the marble mechanic works quite well. Can be a little bit finicky in some of the later stages from what I've seen, but all in all, mm. it's kind of cool and quite unique. Mm. Um, the game I actually lost a shitload of time to this morning because I wanted to play a bit of Fire Emblem was a game called Pick Pack Pup. Um, and the story of it is essentially like you are a dog who wanted a part-time job and you essentially got to work in an Amazon warehouse, <laughs> a very thinly veiled Amazon work workplace mm. called Fetch because um, he's a dog, I guess. Yeah. And it's a really charming match-free game. The, the only... It, it's an extra game, I think. I'm not even sure it's like part of the main series of games because they did do some extra ones to season one. Mm-hmm. And when it arrives, it arrives in like a really like hand-wrapped thing rather than the regular parcels. Because that's a cool thing as well. When the games arrive on the Monday, you actually have to manipulate the crank to unwrap mm. them. There's a lot. Mm. There's a lot of really nice UI, really like character. That reminds me to the console of the Nintendo DS. Yeah. Remember when you got a new game on that, it would come wrapped and yeah. you opened it. It's not that you'd have any interaction with the opening, but it, it's yeah. got it's got a lot of like Nintendo esque charm to this console, yeah. shall we say? Like when you turn it on, even as someone who as you know, turn on a Game Boy, made a, made a Game Boy into <laughs> a thing with eyes and giving it some kind of sentience. The, yeah. the play date, when you turn it on, when you flip it open, is asleep, and you have to click the power button twice, and clicking the power button once oh. opens one eye and opens the other eye. It's, it's just got a lot of charm. It's Nintendo levels yeah. of attention to detail. It is. It's insane. It's really also, good. you know, things like Astro, the latest Astro Bar on PS5, that also adds that sort of charm, doesn't yes, it? Yes, it does. Mm. It's, it's oozing with it. It's that same, yeah. like, Astro Body slash Nintendo yeah. levels of charm. Yeah. It's really good. Lovely, lovely. Pick, pack, pep, though, Tom, um, is... Like I said, you're a dog, you've got to work for quote-unquote Amazon, and you use the the crank, actually, to scroll down a comic. So, like, that's the only real interaction with the crank. And you are given missions by your corporate overlords that are essentially, like, I need you to pack five items in one thing. Because this game, for all intents and purposes, is a match-three game. But it does match-three in a very interesting way. So you're given a a usual like field as you would in a match three game with squares i think it's like eight by eight and you need to put things together in groups of three or more to create a Mm -hmm. package when you've created the package you then click on one of the packages to ship it the cool thing about this is it tends to give you like four or five of the same type of items so for example like rings or fruit or sunglasses or games controllers, whatever it is. You get five Mm -hmm. of the same item. And then you move those around the board, but you kind of need to be cognitive of what you're doing because one is obviously, in a general match tree, the more things you get in one go, the better, right? So, like, if you move a green circle and then it also then creates a line of orange circles, happy days, more points... In Pick, Pack, Pup, what happens is if you accidentally, say, you were trying to create a row of three T-shirts together 
and then create a row of three wine bottles at the same time, the packages before you send them become solid blocks. So mm-hmm. they become obstacles. And the way to get more points in this game is to ship more packages at the same time. So you're trying yeah. to be mindful of the the board itself and how you're going to put stuff together. Yeah, so you yeah, can yeah. utilize the space best to pack as many things as you can before you send them off to get okay. more points. This sounds like a good sort of Game Boy-esque puzzle game. I lost a fucking yeah. hour to it yeah. before I'd even yeah. blinked. I looked up, yeah. but I was just like, oh my god, I've been playing this game for an hour. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that I was hoping for with this console. It doesn't seem like this game will be particularly long. I think it'll perhaps... It, I'm starting to see through the corporate messaging that it's coming coming to a head in what mm. is expected of my character. And, you know, it, the writing is quite tongue-in-cheek. It is very, like, anti-corporation. Mm. It's like, oh, yes, work harder, more profits, etc., etc., yeah. as you would the, expect. The style of these games, from what you've described, really appeal to me because... Some of my favourite Switch games are things like Part-Time UFO or yes. What the Golf. You know, silly puzzle games. All uh, of them are silly yeah. puzzle games. Silly puzzle games. All of them are silly puzzle games. I love games. a silly puzzle game. Exactly. Yeah. And like when I saw this, I was like, oh, I, I imagine that the crank for this console could give some really cool things. And it honestly, even just with like the first five or six games I've played, it has surpassed my expectations of what I would mm. want from this. Mm. It's cool. I really like it. The one downside. Yeah, I, I just think that that crack would be great. Yeah, I just think of all the possibilities. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one downside I will say is, as is to be expected, and as I should have expected, as someone who's you know blinded themselves with the game box. Oh, I know what you're going to say. It doesn't have a backlight. No, um, you've got to get it in the right light yeah, to be able to see the so, screen. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of been like a Boktai s experience in that I need yeah. to play it on not in like heavy direct sunlight, but like in a really well lit room. That's like traveling back in time. Yeah, isn't it? it when feels you, we, odd. all you had for portable gaming really was your Game Boy. Perhaps your Game Gear. If you're lucky enough, you'd have a Game Gear. And, I suppose you, but, you might, uh, but then you know you'd also have I like say this you're lucky enough. There's other issues double with the A game batteries in your bag, wouldn't you? Because it would die in five minutes. Yeah, yeah, like that feels like a bit of a misstep. But I understand why. Also, the battery mm. life on this console is really good. Like I've, I've. Yeah, it must be, mustn't it? Because it's not having to do much, is it? No, it's not got any backlight. It's not got any colourful visuals on the screen no exactly like i played yeah. part-time birdo when that came out pretty much through in one sitting almost and like I, I got quite far in it i wouldn't say i almost completed it but it i played it a lot and the battery didn't really die and like i said i just played like most of these games through this morning just to like refresh yeah. myself yeah and that didn't seem to dent the battery at all yeah it's also got a really nice feature. I don't know if you've seen that they're planning to release a like a dock for it at some point, like a stereo dock. A charging dock. Yeah, so it'll charge the console. It has like pens and stuff so you can keep it on your desk, but also it'll act as a radio, I think. Oh. Um, but it, that looks really cool. But what the good thing about this console is, is when it's on like sleep, unless you turn it off, it's got a clock. 
just like oh, a right. really lo-fi yeah. clock and i'm like i could imagine having that on my desk at work that would be quite cool just to have this thing and just have a, a quick crank when the mood takes you exactly just you know get on there crank one out it would be good yeah, no, I, I. That sounds great. I might. Do you think it's worth the uh, the money? I mean, so far so good. It's quite like, expensive device, but it's quite it unique quite device at the same device, time. And you get all those games, don't you? So everything by Teenage Engineering is expensive, though. Like this is mm. the thing. Like and that, the level of quality is there. Like I said, while cranking very fast, I was just like, mm, "Is this gonna break?" It didn't. It didn't. So, unfortunately, that's it. Yeah. I'm not sure if that is a thing, but it. That is the only bit that I'm like, oh, if I... none of the games have required me to go fast so far, though. Like that seems to be a mm. thing where people have realised maybe we shouldn't like accidentally make you break this console playing the game. Um, but I'm six games into the series. Um, I can see that there is a game called Flipper Lifter and uh, Iconic Memory that I will get tomorrow, which I look forward to playing. Um, and season one contains twenty four games. Which, when you consider, like, most of these games seem to be, like, three, four hours in length. and they're Yeah, you have to think what could console. be the individual individual, individual pricing for these games. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you add it all up, and it's probably reasonably good value. Yeah, it seems all right, honestly. Like, mm. I love the form factor of the thing. Obviously, I'm slightly biased by the fact that I, I love the Game Boy so much. But even, like, saying... I'd say there's, like, three of those six games I've really enjoyed playing. But I've really enjoyed playing them. Mm. Mm. So, you know, it is what it is. I think I think it's good value for money so far. I, I've enjoyed playing it. Obviously, it is a bit of a luxury I'm, thing, but... Do you know it's, if it's still available, or is it one of those things like the analogue pocket where you're going to have to wait if you want one? I think there is a waiting list for it. Mm. I think it is open pre-orders, and, like, the... Well, no analog pockets also pre orders now. But um it says it's gonna ship in twenty twenty three. It's hundred and eighty dollars. Right. You can buy it with the case for two hundred. I think I got the case for free because of the delay. Shipping shipping's pricey or shipping wasn't too bad. Unfortunately yeah. they do tax you outside yeah. of the US yeah. on checkout, which added yeah. a bit to it. But yeah. honestly, I'd rather just pay them and get it over with rather than pay Danish customs, as you know. Customs Absolutely. in Denmark is a particular nightmare. So yes, yes, they don't like you buying uh, South Park DVDs. They don't like you. That's buying... the only thing that got caught once. I got caught once. It was a South Park DVD. Oh. But now, Tom <laughs> Parry, the they've changed the law, so anything outside of the EU, regardless of value, you will get taxed on. Right. Tried to buy a pair of socks earlier in the year. I was like, great, it's under a tenner. Amazing. And they tried to charge me like an extra two hundred krona for a pair of socks. I was like, no, I send it back then. No, it gets to the point where it's not worth you paying to get it off them. You could just buy it again for the same price. I mean, I could have less. bought these socks twice over for the same price. Yeah, I this is tax. it. It just makes oh, no sense. Dear. Makes no sense. No. I've been playing anything else, or is that? That's pretty you, much you it. You spent to most be of your time cranking. I yeah. I did. I spent a lot of time cranking. Um, like I said, I wanted to play some three houses, which was my original plan, and then Pick Pack Pup came into my life, mm. and um, mm. I didn't. So Pick Pack Pup. I like alliteration. Um, Pick Pack. Yeah. Other than that, I've I picked up some video games. I too bought a PlayStation One game this week, Tom Parry, for mm. a whopping ten krona. I picked up a copy of Final Fantasy VIII that looks like it's never been played. 
that's, that's good. Very happy. Well, I, I have I have found that those Final Fantasy games on the PS One don't don't hold much value anymore. Ten, twelve quid. They you don't know? because a they've been re-released, re-released on everything yeah. under the sun, but also particularly the PS One versions of Final Fantasy games. Amazon had a massive, massive, like fire sale of PS One RPGs. Oh, yeah. uh, so all the Final Fantasy games, Chrono Cross, and there was another game that they had that I didn't have. Um, and so essentially... How long like, ago was this? This was two or three years ago, I think. Right, yeah. And essentially, like, they were all sealed. So it just not only did it completely demolish like, the sealed games market for those games, because, like... Chrono Cross was like, oh my god, a sealed copy of Chrono Cross was a couple yeah. of hundred quid. And then suddenly, like, all these PlayStation Hits versions of Chrono Cross appeared and just yeah. made that, like, a 200 quid game instead. As we've seen things get re-released, we have seen some games really drop in value. If if the re-release version is essentially the same or better, then I think, yeah, we, we have seen this a little bit in the, the retro sort of You You market. say that... Um, With it, some particular titles, other titles not so much. No, like we're talking about Final Fantasy. Uh, yeah, like Final Fantasy. Yeah. I think games that are readily available and honestly, like games that would be played by people on mass. Like I imagine in the same way, there's a lot of nostalgia for Ridge Racer. If you owned a PS One at that time, people would want to play Ridge Racer. Or you always find it with the Game Boy, like Tetris and Super Mario Land always are around mm. the 15 to 20 quid mark. Because those are those games that people will maybe get into retro, buy one later down the line, or and then they'll be buying these games. Yeah, because they example, will want like to relive so. their childhood memories yeah. and a lot of people... But then again, £15 for Resident Evil 1. Yeah, but like yeah. Director's Cut is 40 so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I th- I think it's the rarer games that get re-released that don't really go down too much. I saw that Starhawk for the the Game Boy, which is quite an obscure European-only shooting game, has dipped a little bit since Limited Run re-released it. But mm. also Shantae seems to have skyrocketed since Limited Run re-released it, so I don't know. Like Shantae's now a 700-quid game for a cartridge, so... That's I a bit know. crazy. Yeah. Sh- you know, Shadows Sh- Sh- of the Damned is going up. Yeah, I'd noticed. I mean, almost as if Tom Parry, as talking about it for like six years, going Shadows of the Damned is an absolutely amazing game. People have started to take notice. I've noticed it more so on PS3, um, but even the Xbox version, you know, uh, the, the, you know, it's above a tenner. Whereas yeah. there was a point where it wasn't, and it's same. I think it was Lollipop Chainsaw as well. I imagine that's gone. Lollipop Chainsaw has gone insanely high priced, which. Is weird because do you remember when we used to go to um, uh, Blue City here? In, oh yeah, and, like, there were so was many copies, of tens it. of thousands of copies of it, and that wasn't that long ago. No, um, and like weirdly, Lollipop Chainsaw, right? I can I can see at the moment like people trying to sell copies for like thirty forty quid. I have yeah, two yeah. sealed copies of Lollipop Chainsaw. Yeah. So yeah. It's it, it's very weird what's happening, isn't it? There was a game that I bought recently, which I thought was quite well. It was quite expensive. What I paid for it. I Jesus, paid, people I, are I, charging one hundred and thirty quid for sealed copies of Lollipop Chainsaw. Should yeah. sell those. I uh, bought Dragon Ball Battle Z, Battle for Z, Battle of Z. Yeah. Um, on the Vita. 
And uh, I bought it at this price because all the other prices seem to be double that and there seem to be very few uh, UK um, copies. £35. Um, but yeah, that, that seemed like a bargain for that game. So that, that But then Vita games can be expensive. Vita games are and quite pricey. Dragon Ball, you know, it's the only Dragon Ball game I think on Vita that I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah? Hmm, I'm just looking at Vita games. <laughs> I don't tend to buy many Vita games. I bought, um, I think I said, Ninja Gaiden Sigma on the Vita. Uh, got both of them now. And that, that that wasn't cheap either. To be fair, I ne- like, weirdly, right, I know they weren't that popular here even, as you will remember, like GameStop is the only mm. place that stopped Vita. But I never see Vita games here. I mean, I mm. I went to a flea market, as I, I mentioned up front, and I must admit that I saw very little video games. Um, there's a, mm. a huge market here I go to every year called Vorbasa, which, you know, in the past I found Japanese Sega Saturns. I have found N64s with like 20 games for a tenner. Mm. This year there was nothing. I bought a broken Game Boy. That was literally it. Like video games don't. That's sad, isn't it? And yeah. it was blue, was it? It was blue. It was. You told blue. me this before yeah. the book. <laughs> Which you know, European exclusive is fine. I I have started the process of fixing it. It's just essentially I just need to resolder something and it'll be okay. But it, it's very weird. I've gone to a lot of flea markets and stuff recently, and video games. I don't know if we've just reached the bottom of the point where video games aren't really at flea markets anymore just because people have either sold them or are starting to become aware of their value mm. but i i've been at places like one of the first people there so it's not like people are beating me to these flea markets but it feels very much like it did in the uk before i left where you just would mm. not where you would not see anything at a flea market and if there was something think there, everything's being sold online maybe i also just think that we're kind of at the point where even I don't see like 360 and PS3 stuff that much. When I do, it's either Lego games or it is like PlayStation Move games. Or, you know, it's 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 the leftover stuff that I think people have realized, oh, well, I have X, Y, and Z that are worth value. Therefore, I will sell these on Facebook Marketplace and anything left I will take to a flea market. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, interesting to see how that might develop. Um, or if this is, as you say, you know, the dropping off point for video games at flea markets. It's in Denmark, at least. I haven't really been any in, in the UK, so I can't comment yeah. what it's like here. But uh, And then there are a lot of more specialist gaming shops popping up nowadays. Uh, there's one in Leicester that I want to check out that I heard about recently on Retro Break, uh, the, yeah. the YouTube channel. Yeah, there, there yeah. was somewhere he went uh, that looked like there was so many games in the video. I thought, oh, well, yeah, well, yeah, there was stuff I wanted. Specialty game then, retailers don't seem to be a thing here yet, though. No, there is apart a, from Ruben and Bobby. Yeah, Ruben and Bobby in Copenhagen. I mean, Epic Panda in August, too. Yeah. I mean, there, there's also Nintendo Pusherin in Copenhagen, which is a good store. There mm. are a couple popping up, but like they're mm. not... Like, as I said, there's not even, like, games retail. I can't really buy new games here, no. even. No, I was actually surprised, um, Tom. You should check out N1 Games in London now has retro stuff, which, when I lived there 10 years ago, they, they never did. 
N1 games. N1 games, yeah. Um, okay. They they have some bits and bobs. Actually, one of my colleagues, um, a good friend, Lauren, was in there recently because she was walking past and was like, hey, is there anything you need? And I got a copy of Wacky Racers, so I'm now like 28 games away from full Game Boy Color Collection, something like that. But... Well, yeah, I'll have to check this out. You should have a look. Um, is there any video game shops in Brighton? I think there is one in Brighton. Um, I'll have you sh- to you look. You should go have a look. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. Anyway, because... This is not interesting for international No, no, there we go. But... There we go. Let's uh, wrap it up now. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Brighton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to yeah. go on your jollies. Go to so Brighton. <laughs> go ahead, Tom Parry. Um, there will not be a podcast next week. I can say that. Right now, no, unless... no, there won't be because yeah, yeah, you're not I'll there, be, neither am I. I so won't be it's, around. it's all good. Yeah. But we will be back hopefully the week after, if you know, yeah. COVID and everything else permitting that nothing happens to either of us. In the meantime, hopefully it doesn't, Tom Parry. <laughs> oh, no, let's hope not. Yeah. No, yeah. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Um, Thank you. And yeah. yeah, I hope you, dear listeners, are having a wonderful holiday if you're about to go into it, or you know, enjoying the summer and not you know roasting alive in the ridiculous heat we've had over the last couple of weeks look after yourselves and each other is what i'm trying to say but you know also take a rest every now and again it's helpful anyways Mm. if you are taking a rest and want to engage with some more tom amount attack hashtag content you can do so in a variety of places such as on facebook great for trips yeah exactly sorry i just had to throw it in there if you're going somewhere you're on a train plane Automobile. On a plane, <laughs> doing the washing up. Tom and Matt Attack for that. Um, Why not? Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Tom and Matt Attack. On Twitter at TMACast at Gameball for me at Tom Parry 11 for him. Um, we are also in a variety of places where you can listen to us, such as TomandMattAttack.com forward slash podcast plus process.com. We're also on the iTunes, the Stitcher, and Spotify. Well, in iTunes, give us cheeky written, subscribe, etc., etc. Share the podcast around, share the love. As Tom mentioned, um, I believe on the podcast, he might not have, I did a boy graphic. Um, I did, actually. It was me. I mentioned it up front. Um, I did a boy graphic on Othello for the Game Boy, as I promised on this podcast I would a couple of weeks ago. There'll be another one, hopefully, next week on Dr. Mario. Let's see how that goes. Um, so give that a look if you haven't already, I So guess. plenty of uh, hot content coming your way. Hot con as we call it yeah um so yeah enjoy that hot content um tom parry will be enjoying a pina colada in brighton and i will um be hopefully enjoying some sunshine here in denmark let's see it's looking a bit dreary at the moment oh well it is here to be fair so let's see how it goes yeah yeah. all right okay mate well lovely speaking to you as always and thank you to your listener for listening to us until next week be sure as always to game on Game on. And by next week, I mean next time, obviously. Ah! Of course.